Welcome on in. Enswell Boxing, Ireland's boxing podcast. I'm Al Rich. Click on the link in the attached show notes. You'll find all our previous episodes. If you want to get in touch, suggestions, ideas, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at endswellpod at protonmail.com. You are indeed. Welcome on in. As we say goodbye to a heavyweight legend, Neon Leon Spinks made history after just eight professional fights when he upset the legendary Muhammad Ali. A really, really great line I remember following the death of iconic bass player Lenny Kilminster, Motorhead fame, born to lose, lived to win, could fit very, very easily and comfortably alongside Neon Leon Spinks. Elsewhere, incredible weekend for Tom Brady. You'd get to Tampa, and when the Super Bowl ended, the ball would be in the hands of Tom Brady. In anything that we've ever thought, this guy just changes the mold of the way we think. Leading day, Tampa Bay books to Super Bowl glory. And we look ahead to this weekend where we welcome back live boxing in the UK. Having not seen a show since late November. Hard to believe, isn't it? We have Josh Warrington back, topping the bill. Hold on a minute. We've got a man still in front of us here. Someone who's try to stop the journey that we're on. You've still got to go out there and perform. It's not a given. You know, you've, you've, you've got to make it happen yourself. As he paves the way for bigger and better fights down the line. And I'm absolutely delighted. Delira and Exira. To welcome a fella that you're getting to know very well. You'll never be the Irish. Jazza Dickens is back to look over a few months that have been topsy-turvy, they've been chaotic, but make no mistake, they've been the culmination of a lifetime's work in boxing. My best mate thinks he's Irish. He's not still really Italian <laughs> and, it, and he's, not, he's not Irish. Where he now stands on the precipice with a world title fight against, well, you know who it's against. I hope I hope this episode finds you safe and at least semi-sane because um, if it wasn't the weather or if it's not homeschooling a lot of people are going around like reminds me of, of the old the old men we used to see years ago they're walking around having full-blown conversations with themselves yep yeah, I'm going to go to the house and then I'm going to answer the phone and I'm going to finish that and then I'm going to, and then I'm going to call him and I'm going to ring her there's a lot of people running around. They're not 100% sure what's going on or what day it is or what even month it is, but we're still going. That's the most important thing. Boxing is back. The vacuum will be filled. And on the homeschooling thing, I've spoken to quite a few, quite a few, and uh, it's no secret people are struggling to get the kids to focus, to get them to do anything at all. And, and it's not really hard to figure that out, is it? It's not hard to understand. I what I struggle to understand is why some are insisting on being militant. The workload being imparted by the teachers leaves a lot to be desired, but for me it's a case of just picking two or three, get them to do them, get them done, and get it on and get them moving out and about as quick as possible. That's that's what it's about for me. Everybody's different, I guess, but teachers and are we gonna to touch on the powers to be? The, the, those who weren't elected I don't know I don't know what to say about them to be honest with you still kicking the can down the line and still trying to make a decision that they're really not in a place or qualified or able or willing to make as the leaving search students are left dangling on the end of a string make the call put it off let the universities do what they have to do if that's what the problem is but that's not our problem for now boxing is back it's back and one of the big issues when sport ceases to be and when there's nothing going on and when the news 
scribblers are struggling to fill column inches. There's a vacuum created. And in that vacuum, we've had over the last few weeks a certain crime journalist who has in, continued to carry the same stories that she's carried for the last three, four, five, six years possibly. There's been books written by her. There's been booklets written by her. There's a podcast now about it. When, um, when is it going to be time for the powers that be and police to do their job? Predictably, supporters are taking the ball and running with it. Haters are doing very much the same. And, and equally as predictable, we've got supporters on the other side of those who have been accused supporting it vehemently, vehemently. Some, so, some really, really strong. To be honest with you, I think a lot of people were expecting huge waves or some sort of groundbreaking, earth shifting developments to come from this program based on the fact it was made by BBC and it was shown on BBC. But let's not forget, BBC have lost an awful lot of credibility over the last few years. If not, I won't say all, but certainly nowhere near the standing that they once were, very similarly to the Catholic Church. There's an interesting analogy. Let's remind ourselves, it was Panorama who were supposed to be lifting the lid on the paedophile prince. And uh, what came of that again? Yeah, and, and, and the one about Jimmy Savile, a filthy deviant who was enabled and covered up for so many years by BBC and many people around the annals of BBC. What came of that again? So, are we to expect then that a series of accusations, and I'm not being naive, I'm not, I'm not disputing, I'm not denying, I'm not confirming, I'm not getting involved. But what she's doing here is in very broad strokes, is tarring an entire sport, an entire two sports, because we've got amateur boxing and professional boxing. Tarring them all with the one brush. Labelling as the, all the top profile fighters she can think of in the front back pages of her, of her own paper, possibly. It is becoming a little bit much repetitive over and over and over again. None of the accused have licences in Ireland. They've, none of them have licences in the BBOC. So what's to be done? What, what do we do? Do we just turn our back and stop supporting and following the fighters and f- sport that we love? Who 99.9% of have nothing to do with care for or even know about these accusations what do we do and here's a boil the frog moment why 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 does she constantly refer to boxing as a person referring to that boxing hasn't replied boxing still shelters boxing accepts no it doesn't as I said, 99.9% of boxing and boxers and boxing people have nothing to do with it. In any way, shape or form. So, not that hard to understand, really. In any case, whatever way this plays out, however it, it comes to an end, it's up to the legal eagles, it's up to the police forces of the America, Spain, UK, Ireland, Europol, everybody, to deal with it and do what they have to do. And when they do, and if they catch up with the perpetrators, well then they'll be dealt with the way perpetrators are dealt with. And in the meantime, let's let's just try be a little bit investigative, get a little bit of background, get a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of a fairness, too much to ask for. Something I have never been any good at is asking for help, reaching out. The growth, success and development of this little podcast is down to you. 
listening to me each week, supporting, encouraging, getting behind. GoFundMe, crowdsource, Patreon, the likes, not for me. But what I will ask, and what I am asking you now is, once you finish listening to this, please leave a review, put the old five stars or whatever it is, simply just share the link. I'm asking each person who downloads, listens for this episode and each other episode, please share it and share the love. Oh, a little bit early there, but shout outs this week. I want to get around to a few. Thanks to everybody that reached out, got in touch over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, message, text message with birthday wishes to say happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Really do. There were numerous messages. Way too many to mention, but here's one in particular that made me smile. Like, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, my friend. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. And I can tell you that one made me smile from the first time I heard it. And right there now again. Levi, your son, man. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Not too many this week, but I want to give a shout out and a mention and correct myself from last week because the man here next door to me, Paul, is on a mission. He's doing a hundred miles for the Matter Hospital over the month and he's in only a couple of days in and he's already put a hole in it the size of the size of Donnelly's Hollow. Incredibly, he's done 38, almost 37 miles done, little over 60 to do and, and, and 19 days to go. No better man. Absolutely killing it, smashing it, putting us all to shame, even in that weather. I can tell you I was out doing a roof yesterday on this on the studio. I had to put a special coating on it. And shout out to Cliff and thank you for that stuff. Fucking amazing stuff it is, really. It's incredible. It's like when you roll it on and paint it on and it dries, it sets like a bloody swimming hat. It's it's amazing and it saved me an ass load of work. So thank you for that as well. But I was out on it yesterday, frozen to the bone, and I swear my hands still haven't warmed up properly. Shout out to Gaz from FreshFights.com who's got in touch to say, I think they're reproducing fights of years gone by uh, different fights different ones I don't know who's in them I haven't looked at them yet but he got in touch to say that they're basically put together I think there's no commentary there's no anything on them and it gives fans a chance to look at it with a fresh perspective so go along there and check it out and thanks guys for getting in touch freshfights.com big shout out and best of luck and love and best wishes and everything to Sean, Josh, Reese, and all the team Warrington as they make their way into the bubble in Wembley for the fight at the weekend It's it's a big one it's a stepping stone, and as we know, stepping stones can be slippery. But these guys have their bit between their teeth, they're focused. And whilst a certain Jack Russell style yap, yap, yap goes on in the background constantly, these lads do, their actions speak louder than their words. And that's what they've made a career of. So big best of luck to you lads. We're watching it every step of the way and looking forward to catching up with you, Sean, afterwards. And Josh, of course, as well. Ali McKenzie was in touch the other day. Savage setup there, my man. Looks incredible. And it's no surprise, my, no surprise in the lap of luxury while I'm out freezing my ass off trying to get my one finished and ready. And you're sat in there in that comfort, but it's a, it's a credit to you, mate. Looks, it looks exactly how it should for somebody as professional and as dedicated as yourself. Lady Luck, Beck Connolly. Let me tell you this without saying too much. Did an interview with Beck on Saturday. It is incredible. You think boxing is big? You think all she, you think she's not got enough on her plate with that? Wait till you hear what she's at now. Just another, another one of those special ladies. So that's Beck Connolly over there in, in, I think she's still around Swindon. Boxed, of course, under Paddy, but has had a lot of upheaval over the last while. 
you're going to hear what she's been up to. That's coming soon as well. Special congrats again to Connor Slater and all the lads in O'Rourke's. Just, again, actions speak louder than words, as they said themselves. And Tiernan Bradley, of course, who will be fighting in the next couple of weeks. I think it's the 20th of February. It's not that far away at all. And it's a big step-up fight for him. We'll have a look at that in the news section. Something I forgot to mention earlier on when I was asking people to share and like the different pages and links for the episodes is the YouTube channel. Going to have to make a concerted effort to grow that side of things. As I said, every last minute, spare minute I've had for the last few months has gone into building the studio and I literally put the last coat of paint on the roof the other day. The locks are on it, waiting on the internet connection, but I'm going to do that myself. I'm aiming to have the next episode. If there's a little bit of a delay for the next one, it will be because I'm moving into the studio. But going to start sharing the YouTube channel. If you can spread it around, if you can just click subscribe, give it a follow and see what you think there. Any comments or whatever else would be appreciated. But guests-wise, what's coming over the next few weeks, I've been chatting with Peter Fury, going to have him on. been chatting with Con Sheen, going to have Con on. As I said, I've done one with Beck Connolly in the UK. I'm going to get some of our some of our amateurs, our clubs, going to get in touch with the club side of things, see how everybody's going on that side of it, because it's, it's, the, it's the most important part of boxing on this island. And it's the part, I believe, which is struggling and suffering the, more, the most. So I'm going to try and get in touch with some of the clubs, some of the fighters. If you have anybody in mind, absolutely get in touch, reach out. Also going to be chatting with Dennis Hogan, as he is in a fantastic frame of mind. Good eight, nine weeks out from the fight itself. The media work is going to start in earnest this week. Going to have him on soon as well, as soon as we can sync up and get everything organised. Who else had I got? Luke the Duke. Luke the Duke Watkins will be on with me as well. And and there's a few others that it's in, it's in process of organising. It's not easy for people at this time who are, if they're training or if they're in training or if they're whatever part of the boxing business they're involved in. I'm also doing a very special episode, as I said, for Rinty Monaghan, the youngest professional boxer to come off this island. Incredibly, 14 years of age. Imagine. He came back way, way back before boxing was cool, but before it was sexy, before Manny, if any, knew about it. He was a world champion. He was representing. He was winning the hearts and he was winning the minds all over the world. Rinty Monaghan. I'm also going to be doing a special episode in conjunction with the Suicide Patrol Squad in Limerick. We'll be speaking today with Ashley. We'll be speaking with a few others. Teaming up with Keith Walsh from formerly of 2FM, Newbridge native like myself. But now in the podcast world, I'm going to have a chat with him. He'll be joining me on that one and a few other people. So it's going to be an exciting little episode. It's a very hard, tough, rough subject, but it's real and it overlaps in all our lives. And it's very, very prevalent in the boxing world as well. So I'll be speaking with Ashley later today. So keep an eye out for that. That's going to be coming your way really soon as well. Just a little insight into what's happening and what the plans have been made over the last few days and weeks. But once I get the door open into the studio plan on spending an awful lot of time in it. There's an awful lot more talk going on and and guesswork than anything really substantial. News, Wilder continues to drag himself to new lows with an interview at the weekend and and Mark Breland, I believe, has responded as well in an interview with Tundi and and Spence. I, I don't blame, I don't blame Mark Breland. I haven't watched any of them yet, but Anything like what Wilder was going on with and anything I've heard since, it's just embarrassing. It's humiliating and it's frightening to think what a loss can do. And that's the most important part of having a solid, strong, reliable, trustworthy group behind you. Um, Mark Breland saved his career, if not more. And this is the thanks he gets for it. 
in, in, incredible to believe that a that a fighter at that level could think that anything like anyway look people have heard enough at this stage I think and everybody knows what's going on they can see what's going on Matchroom announced a series of eight shows across seven different countries over the next couple of weeks starting on Saturday in Wembley with Josh Warrington against Mauricio Lara Zelfa Barrett faces a, a fellow we know well here in Ireland is Kiko Martinez of course upset Bernard Dunn and uh, had a couple of showdowns with Carol Frampton as well to mention just a few Lee Wood will face Reese Mould of course Reese is in the same camp trained by Sean He's in sparring with Josh every odd day and I believe is in fine shape. He'll need to be because Lee Wood is now working under Ben Davison. It's going to be a tricky one. It's going to be tricky, but it's going to be, it'll be a good little fight. It'll be for an English title, I believe. Hopi Price was due to fight on that card. I understand his his opponent fell off early, earlier in the week. I don't know if they managed to find one for him since. February 20th then, we have the European welterweight title fight, the one that everyone is waiting for. David Avanesian versus Josh Kelly. This is a smasher. Smasher. It could go either way. It probably, it's, it'll probably swing both ways during the fight. What way it's going to come out, who knows? I've seen Adam Booth. He's confident. He's happy. He's ready. Let's wait and see. Because it's... Wow, when it was made the first time, Avanesian was really in it. So, look... Let's not make any presumptions, presumptions or anything like that. Let's wait and see. Robbie Davis Jr. is on that card also. It'll be great to see him, as is Ryan Carl- Charlton. And then two on the 26th in Italy. One in, the tw- one, in, one in Italy on the 26th. One in New Zealand on the 27th. And Miami Stadium, Canelo versus Yildrum also on the 27th. So Matrum are busy. There'll be more to talk about um, after those few, but they are flat out and Hearns. Eddie's plans, I believe, are to have shows on regularly and often. As many, I, I can't remember the figure he put on it, but it's they're trying to get one every week, I believe. Uh, rumours seem to suggest as well that Teofimo Lopez is going to face George Cambosis. Interesting to watch that one. I, I thought the talk was of Lopez moving up a weight. Let's wait and see how that one goes. Also, the rumours are suggesting and the stories suggest that James Tennyson is going to face three-weight world champion Ricky Burns on the 24th of April. Now, that is another cracking fight. Ricky Burns is on that other side of his of the slope in terms of his career, but take him for a fool at your peril. He is a dangerous, live, dangerous opponent, and it'll be another step along that building road for James Tennyson if he can manage to get a win over Ricky Burns, but he will have his hands full. Um, I'd back Tenny to come through that one, but as I said, don't take anything for granted. Tiernan Bradley, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, he takes a step-up fight against Eduardo Valverde on the 20th of February in Alicante over six rounds. Another another example of Conor Slater keeping them lads busy. O'Rourke's gym leading the way by a stretch. And there are more cards for them, more fights for them to announce. Just haven't got around to making note of them as yet. Fast becoming my favourite fighter is Joe Smith Jr. And just a little, uh, just a little insight. I was due to speak with Joe just before Christmas and had the call, everything lined up, and uh, Joe was taking a few minutes to call, and do you think I could get the call to connect? No, didn't happen, and um, I turns out, and I figured out what the problem was, have corrected it, and got it right, so we'll definitely be in a better place to chat with Joe when he gets the win under his belt, but it's going to be a smasher, it's going to be a real big fight, it's against Maxim Velasov in this Saturday night in the MGM Grand. He's a throwback fighter, is Joe Smith. He has all the attributes. He has it all. Has everything. His last few fights, Andrea Fonfara, Bernard Hopkins, Sully Barrera, Dimitri Bivol, Jesse Hart, Eddie Alvarez. I mean, 
can fight, will fight anywhere, anytime, any place. It's going to be a big one. Um, Vlasov has only had three losses on his career, and they have been against top, top level opponents. I mean, Isaac Chalamba, I think, was one. Glasvik was the other one. There's, he, he's a live, dangerous opponent. But I'm backing my man in this one. Irish bomber Joe Smith, go do the job on Saturday night. I cannot wait to watch that. As I said, he's fast becoming my favourite fighter. He has all the attributes. Recent guest here, Carly Skelly, finishing off camp for next Saturday night's fight, but I believe it won't be now for the Commonwealth title. Following Amy Timlin, who had to withdraw due to a hernia, oper- hernia injury, I believe. Hopefully, Carly will still get the box at the weekend. She's put in a massive amount of work since Christmas. She's been flat to the boards and um, I genuinely hope Eddie and, and the gang there can get an opponent in for her because she deserves to dance under those lights. And I believe, I believe there's bigger and better things to come from Carly. So shout out to her and hopefully shout out to Amy. Hopefully she can get herself back right soon. Get that fight going. ASAP. And Jason Quigley's fight sadly fell away. Uh, I believe it's due to illness. He was due to fight at the end of the month against Shane Mosley Jr. of course that we all heard. But that has not happened. It's not happened. The curse again. But keep the head strong, my man. Keep yourself going. Keep positive. You'll be back fitter, stronger and better than ever. Two other little pieces. More localised, more Irish based. Uh, Lots of talk surrounding possible fights and probable fights for Boxing Ireland promotions. Hopefully Leonard, Stephen and Dennis and the gang there can get something across the line there and get these guys fighting because it's, it's long overdue and we're dying to see them. So best of luck to them all. Hopefully they can get it going. It's not easy. It's not easy. And there's far too many willing to criticise. Not enough willing to get in there and do something to help out. So we've all had our awards. We've had our differences over time. But nothing that matters. Nothing matters but boxing. So best of luck to the whole lot of them. Also just mentioned in the last episode about working with Johnny and the gang. Hasn't that not happened? I had a message during the week from a fella asking when was that going or what we were going to do. I don't really know to be honest with you Joe. It's a case of just... Uh, ironing it out having a chat I know Johnny is up to his ears I'm up to my ears so just a matter of getting a call see what we can get organised but there's no doubt about it we'll definitely do it we'll do something and it's it's exciting times as well so ends well boxing and irishboxing.com how about that a couple of that we've been able to speak with Josh Warrington been able to speak with Jazza Dickens been able to speak with Dennis Hogan oh yeah that's coming too not too far away so exciting times and I just sometimes I do just have to pinch myself remind myself so grateful so humble but so much looking forward to what's coming down the line this is a funny game it's funny how connections that you make can oftentimes just take catch fire and become a budding friendship and relationship and connection I'm talking of course Jazza Dickens I hadn't spoken to Jazz up until October of last year when I was doing that little preview and it was a long shot when I reached out to Jimmy and got in touch and I gotta say the day from the day I spoke to him first until now and every night in between late night editing and silly jokes and everything else he's just a breath of fresh air he's a reminder that as serious and as tough and as ruthless and as rough as boxing is you don't always have to be following the narrative you don't have to be that stereotypical boxer bad guy He's, he's the polar opposite. He's a fellow who's got a positive outlook. He's got his struggles. He's had his woes. He's paid his dues. He's now right on the pinnacle, right at the precipice of achieving his lifelong dream, as he told us back in that first interview 
when he was um, knee high to a grasshopper and probably four stone wet through he told his mum he was going to be heavyweight champion of the world I still smile and laugh at that one and the smiles and the laughs come regular and often with Jazza his family are beautiful people they're in touch regularly on social media through Instagram and, and the likes and I just I can't overstate I can't overstate what how much I've enjoyed getting to know him watching his progress and I was genuinely heartbroken for Ryan at the time of the fight but I know Ryan Walsh is built of stern stuff he's 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 part of that journey he, he will forever be part of that journey and it was the golden contract competition that gave Ryan Liam their their shot gave them their moment in the limelight and they didn't fail they didn't fail at all to make the most of it in some tremendous fights Liam of course is in camp right now to fight Paul Hyland Jr be speaking to them closer to the time of their fights as well. I'm not sure have they been rescheduled as yet. But today is about Jazzy Dickens. And I took a little bit of time. I'm going to tell you this little story about this one. I spoke to Jazza, but I think it was about a week or so after Christmas, thereabouts. And there was nothing going on. We were He was he was enjoying a little bit of off time, but he, he doesn't enjoy his off time. He, he prefers to be training. He prefers to be busy. And he'd been, he'd been bending the ear of Tony Bellew, his manager. He'd been bending the ear of, of all the MTK crew. Wanting to know what was next and when, and uh, he'll tell you'll hear him say it here in the interview as well. But I had it in the can, and I was about to put it, I had a choice last week. I wanted to put the the two lads on, Aaron and Stephen McKenna and their dad, or will I put Jazz on? And I was looking at the landscape, thinking there's purse bids for the world title fight last week. So I wonder, I wonder, odds are that MTK are going to win them. I wonder would it be worth holding back just to see maybe now sometimes it doesn't work out sometimes it doesn't but it did it did MTK won the purse bids they will now decide the venue the where and the when of the title fight between Jazza Dickens and Barry Galahad it's a fight that will have a lot on the line for Jazza and I suppose anyone that's gotten to know him and that's part of that surrounding and certainly his inner circle there'll be a lot more than a fight on the line it'll be to be a life's work going into it but that's for later on down the line here today you're going to get another side of Jazza you get the funny you get an insight into how serious it is it's not all fun and games it's not he does a good job at showing it as that but it's not but it was a privilege and a pleasure as always to catch up with him as it always is whether it's a brief message or a, a, a long conversation like this one and his mates as well We've got to give a shout out, of course, to Turkey Teeth himself. John May, super, super actor and so funny and so witty and so clever. Another part of the Jazza Dickens story and entourage. Can you imagine if Turkey manages to get a world title belt around his neck? I should be a co-host now because I've been on here that many times. Just, you just named the day and the time and we'll get it done. The people love hearing from you. How have you been? Been good. It was a great, great December. Well, the album more in December than in the old year. <laughs> December was absolutely amazing. It was just one thing that's another. It was, it was, you know, it was tough to, to spread my time out, you know, where, where it should be. But I had so much momentum from winning the golden contract on December the second. I just had to work, work, work because I knew that once Christmas comes, New Year comes, everybody switches off, don't they? So I just tried to make make myself busy as possible and, and cash in really. Downtime doesn't really suit us. We like to be occupied. It's brilliant to see because this media work that you're doing now. It's all going to play, lay the blocks in place for, for the big things that are coming down the line for you. I have no doubt about it. 
Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. About about setting the future up, not looking for what can I get right now. I'm looking looking at the future because I think it's more sustainable if you can if you can lay the foundation. So that's what I do. I lay foundations. If I'm going to go into a project and do it properly, and I look towards the future rather than what can I have right now. Padjo Highland told me at the very beginning of this because you're doing a you're on an apprenticeship for four years. He says, "Don't expect anything to happen before that." They were the truest words, and the done to make contact with John Breen. And mate, it's it's just been it's been a it's been a pleasure, and and as you said, it's the foundation, it's putting it in place. John Blaine, great guy, went all through him one time. The lovely guy, the sweat box. Yeah, <laughs> the office, the place in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, it's a great start to the new year. It's it's cold, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of scare, and there's a lot of there's a lot of worried people around. And January tends to be tough on people as well, but. Would it be how would it be for you, get jazz and and for people around the area and stuff? Well, I, I don't focus on anybody else, Sal, and I don't watch the news, so I can't. I don't even know what it is that you that you um, mentioning. To be honest, I know my girlfriend said that something about we might go back into lockdown, but other than that, I don't watch the news, so there's no fear in my house, you know. Peace of mind is is priceless, isn't it? Yeah, you can't control the news, can you? You just you just fed what you're told, and that's that. You know what I mean? Just let it doesn't never talk about. So we can be watching it about the lockdown, but it doesn't talk about all like the people who aren't suffering. The news never talks about the, the people who aren't in lockdown. It doesn't talk about the, pe- the people's houses who aren't burning. It doesn't talk about the people who aren't getting shot. It only talks about this negative be- negative thing. So <laughs> why would we even listen to this? I think there's an awakening happening because we have had the news for so many so many years, haven't we? But now I think we're starting to get awakening and awareness of that, that there is positivity and there's another side. I think that's happening globally, and people and you have to YouTube and that now. You can listen to what you want to listen to. You don't get you don't have five stations that you have to tune in. Four weeks now, hard to believe. It seems longer. Four weeks since that um, that final, since you since you since you reached your destiny, and uh, has it sunk in? I, I I'm fairly sure in saying it did. Being truthfully honest, I'm not like overwhelmed with what I've done. Do you know what I mean? And I, I have won a world title, won a WBO European, beat the British. I've won the older British title before anyway. Um, the EBU and the IBF European champion. So th- th- I haven't done nothing that I haven't already done. I'm not overwhelmed at all, do you know what I mean? Four weeks now when I'm thinking, bloody hell, I'm, when am I going to pick her up? When the next in camp, I'm asking my manager, Tony, when are we, when, what's happening? And he said, just enjoy it. <laughs> what I'm yeah. thinking, I've had my best, I've had it. I'm asking Lee in the promoter from MTK, when are we back, Lee? And he's saying, you're going to be a pain in the ass. And I just fucking need to do it again. I'll, to be honest, yeah. I don't look yeah. back, I never do. Well, moving forward and getting a world title which I believe strongly believe that that's going to happen soon just want to interject a little bit here to say that when we recorded this interview which was about I would say two and a half maybe three weeks ago now uh, nothing had been confirmed there was negotiations going on and it was long before any of the story broke about the IBF title becoming available or anything else so he couldn't confirm anything at that stage that's how quickly things move in this game there's a horrible side of this sport that we love it's 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 a horrible side of when someone is downed, absolutely kicked them and rolled them in. When it came to your fight, it was yourself and Ryan and Ryan and yourself. And it's unusual. You know, usually there's a bad guy in a fight. It was it was colossal. Actually, a mate of mine in Belfast, shout out to Stephen. He said at one stage, there's nearly too much respect between them, eh? Yeah. I've never heard that complaint before, but... He's a, he he was um he was the type of opponent that, that commanded that wasn't he and he brought the very best out of you. That just goes to show, doesn't it? That you can like the saying that both the nice guys, nice guys finish last and stuff like that. But it goes to show in boxing, it's not the nice guys or the bad guys. 
it's about the guys you work hard. The reaction around, there was no silly celebrations, there was no lepping around. I'd say Georgie might have been the most excited out of the three of you, wasn't it? It was just matter of fact. Was that a respect thing? No, well, because I got a, I got a world title ranking now. I'm ranked one in the world, only behind Navarrete, and I'm ranked two behind Warrington. So I've got a, a lofty world title. But what has I won? I've just won money. Do you know what I mean? That, that yeah. was it. That doesn't fulfil me. That was the truth. I've won a golden contract. It was great. If there was a belt, maybe I'd have been more excited. But I won money, and, and money's not going to fulfil me in the long term. Do you know what I mean? It's, got, it's all about my goals. When, when you when you see me win a world title, you probably see me sobbing like a little girl. But I'm not I'm not satisfied. This is the beautiful journey that you're on. I suppose everything about it is real, and and there's no hiding behind. There's no masks. There's no anything else. It is what you see is what you get. I just thought it was incredible. And I know Ryan was broken hearted because I I've chatted to him since not on on the podcast or anything else but yeah. he, he's never one second was there any sour grapes it was just listen the best man absolutely the best man he's a true gentleman now because I would have loved to act how he acted after defeat do you know what I mean I'm sure I have in the past but it, it's hard to do what he's done after after the loss and, that, and be a gentleman the way he is we, we've messaged each other have a nice Christmas his, his, his girlfriend and my girlfriend they messaged each other so there's genuine respect there and I would love to say that I could be as humble as him in defeat. Will you tell the family I'm here? How do you spend the night after the fight, the night of the fight and, and the celebrations? So went back to the hotel, got my belt, went back to the hotel, put me, me belt on my girlfriend, as I always do. We sat down and we thought, what are we going to do now? We can't stay here all night, so we have to get home to our kids. And we drove home, my mum was having the kids. My 12-year-old and my four-year-old, they were awake, they were buzzing. <laughs> my little son, my little Shelton James, Jazz Dickens. <laughs> Jazz Jr. So we went, so me, me little girl was in bed, so we went up and got in the bed with the kid. And then um, my little girl woke up, and she's only six, she's five, nearly six, and she, and she, she woke up and realised I was home, because we hadn't been home for such a time. And her eyes flew open, she looked up, she said, Daddy, did you win? And I said, yeah, baby, won. And it's just lovely I mean, we just chilled out as a family and got ready for Christmas. Mate, you're creating a movie here. There are movie scenes, you know, this is just incredibly special, but simple. Like, it, it, it's real. And again, it's 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 something that most, if not all, can can and should be able to relate to. It's beautiful. When you say, yeah, baby, did win, that moment there, that feels better than, get, than a belt going on you. It's it's surreal, do you know what I mean? It, that, that, they are the moments that you work for. They're not actually the moments that... You see on the TV, they are the moments that, that you wait for, you know. Yeah, people have won and little things like that. They are the special moments. And going back to that moment you told me about in our very first interview, and I still laugh about it when I think about it. Ma'am, I'm going to be the heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> I think so that moment there, what you, the feeling that you're describing there, I would say, is, is, is on par with what you were talking about and what you imagined. And, it, and it's, but you're in, that little girl is in the place of where you are now. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's amazing, yeah. Just to, to pick up the point there and a lot of reaction after your last interview, I suppose the thought because you're living in Liverpool, they didn't know your camp, that you're away from home. I listened to an interview recently with Tony Dobson and he used to do the same. He took himself away because he needed to feel that. And I know a big Tony Bellew, your manager now, um, used to do the same in the, in the most successful phase of his career. So it's you, you're following a path that, that's been well, well worn and, and well proven. It's something that you've got to do, do you know what I mean? It's hard and there's probably nobody who's so successful who doesn't do that, you know, there's... I, would, I see it common trends in people who are successful and it's like we struggle where I'm at, we, how, how we manage our time, being that we miss family time. 
And it must be it, it, it just shows that it's not the it's not just the one person, it's everybody in the old team. My coaches sacrifice away from their families when they're in the gym with me. Yeah. And also my family sacrifices when I'm away from them. If you're looking at how the career is plotted out and they had the early stuff with the Rigo fight, the disappointments and you went global then for a while, but I suppose the fact that this this golden part of your career now is coming when you're at home with, with Derry and with Georgie, Tony running the show, and does it, it, it must make it feel even more complete to be able to celebrate with your own people, does it? Definitely 100%, because I don't know, Scousers, the way they are, they're very they're close, do you know what I mean? And, and if you think about it, everyone in my in my inner circle, they are a Scouser. And it's like, well, I don't know, I don't want to say I wouldn't want to give it away to somebody else, because we're all just human beings, I get that. I wouldn't be so narrow-minded, but it's nice to share it with me own. When I went out to America, I was always thinking about being back home with Derry and George and, and my family. So that's how I know from experience what it would feel like. Although you can be anywhere in the world, but for me, it's just not Liverpool. When I come down the M62, back into Liverpool, it was always this way when I was on the squads, when I was on the group team as a kid, I used to go away um, one week and then come back home. And um, every time I come down the, the M62 back into Liverpool or I came out of Lime Street back into Liverpool City Centre, it was just home. I just loved the place, you know what I mean? I just loved the people, the accents. If I would be in London and I hear a Scouse accent, automatically... I think, what are you doing here? Do you know what I mean? I, I'm drawn to that conversation. So, yeah, if I hear the Liverpool voice, it's um, you probably know it yourself. Al, with being such similar people, it's there's not there's no place like home. There's no place like the people from Liverpool. Yeah, I I, I definitely get what you're saying. I'd be lying and I'd be disingenuous if I said I felt that same grow. I loved where I grew up. I had great fun. And I genuinely do remember it and I get the feeling of, of sitting in the cavern or just wandering around Liverpool. I get the same feeling in Belfast. Yeah, it's not something that you can... It's not something that I'm trying to exaggerate. It just is, you know. Scousers get anywhere, don't they? Scousers should be anywhere, but Ireland to be such a small country and the, the people get anywhere, don't they? There's an Irishman absolutely anywhere in the world, isn't he? Such a small, small community. It's spread so far. I often wonder, I do, what you're saying there, I, I've often said it, What's what population would we have if everybody didn't travel, if everybody was here? We wouldn't be able to house them, we wouldn't know what to do with them. <laughs> and even, <laughs> yeah. My best mate thinks he's Irish, he's not, do you know what I mean, he's Italian, and, it, and he's, not, he's not Irish. <laughs> oh. I say to Paddy, Paddy, you're not Irish, and he just will not believe me, he just like brushes me off. It is as he knows he's Irish. It's what they call a plastic paddy. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Well, shout out to him as well. A special mention to him because that's that's a brilliant story. I like that one. If I, if I can take you back, Jazz, at the fight week, um, the build-up from, from what you remember, I know chatting to you, and I'll be honest with you, I, I could see a little bit of a difference in you that week. Was there anything different for you or was it just business as usual? When, when I was in there, I was so focused, to be honest. I didn't even think about losing. It, I was thinking about things about what's going to happen when I win. I've done a lot of work, actually. It takes a lot of work. People don't understand this. People think that you can um, you get in there on the night and see how it goes. That's a weak mentality. It takes a lot of work to visualise and to believe and put yourself in a state of mind where I am going to fucking win. No one is going to stop me. And that takes balls as well. It's done a lot of work on, on making sure I was in the right place mentally that I was going to be where I am right now, the winner and, and moving on to world titles. That's what it was about. about the goal contest as well, winning the world title. That's where it was. It was mentally, mentally focused. I weren't going to be denied. The very next line I had written down here just after I said that was laser focused. You were still the same fun loving jazzy, you were the same, but I noticed it. I, I noticed, I said, oh, wow, 
you know, there's a difference here. It's like it's hard to put my finger on it. It says all I could all I could just write down here now in circle is is focused and laser. And that's what it was. Go another step further as well as to say that if you went in there on the night or anybody went in there on the night against Ryan Walsh in that other corner with the let's see what happens approach, you're not coming out. You're not coming out with the result you came out with because he he's He's a he's a physical presence. He's a mental presence, and at times you could see that. Is this going to turn? Is it going to turn? It's incredible. Yeah, I think he's a, he's an amazing fighter. You know, he's an amazing fighter, and, some, and gels and fight styles do gel, and sometimes they, they don't. In this situation, I had I had something that he, he couldn't do, and that was the feet. You know what I mean, I was I'm blessed to have good feet, good foot movements. It was just that he came up against me. Anyone else, he probably wouldn't have been able to pick up that flaw in Ryan. Therefore, it is a hard fight. There's a piece. He's ranked where he is for a good reason. You know, he's a top, top fighter. Yeah, and we got to give our props here to MTK, to Lee, to Jamie Connell and the lads as well, because it's one thing. If you look at Balotniks and the light heavies, if you look at you guys, yourself, Ryan, you look at the two Tyrones, fellas that, let's be honest about it, nobody was got, there was nobody banging down the door to give you these opportunities. Nobody wanted to say, here, like the, the, the two, the Walsh brothers, yourself, the stories, everything about it. It, it, it went to make a really special tournament, didn't it? So lucky to have the opportunity. Really, really lucky. Especially with the pandemic and all that. Could have got scrapped at any minute or put off at any minute. But so, so lucky to have the opportunity. I'm, I've got nothing but gratitude. People above at MCK who give me that opportunity. And you put the mileage in way, way beyond the gym. It got, it, it's everything. and But it's it's the career story as well. It's, it's the heartbreak, as we said early on. It's the, the, the vision as a young child. Does the experience of Georgie the experience of Derry the experience of Tony does does any of that needed or are you at that point of your fight at that point on fight night because I saw the big man we saw big Tony's ringside and he was living it mate he was he was digging he was taking the shots he was rolling with it's a very special story that's that's it's not even half told yet is it no definitely not and yeah they, they, they're everything to me do you know I mean I, I can't there's no words I can tell you to put into it for what, how much they mean to me I can't put myself down by saying I didn't do it, but what I can say is that I don't do this alone, do you know what I mean? Yeah. No fighter does it alone, unless he's a journeyman, and he actually turns up alone, and he, and he trains alone, and I, the fighters don't do it alone, do you know what I mean? It's a whole team, it's everyone. There's too many people to mention in, 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 a, fighter's, in a fighter's team, you know? Not to take any of the shine off yourself, but what I take it back to is when the lockdown happened, I think, the first time when you were preparing for the final, it was announced and uh, you were struggling to get sparring partners and we were chatting and whatever else and, and listen, I hope you won't mind me telling there's no trade secrets or anything else it was Tony then that was able to get on the blower and organise bits and pieces for you and knew the cri- how critical it was and how organised it was to take that ha- hassle away from you That that's a big deal as well to a fighter who's been there had those concerns and worries and knows what you're going through, isn't it? Yeah, that was um, that was Tony and Zeri did reach the land to get sparring partners last minute and we did and uh, I uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to say I've got a team I can trust because in that situation, when they both said, I will do my thing, I just let it go then and carried on my training. Me and Georgie would be doing our graft and that was that. So I was lucky, lucky enough to have an experienced team like that around me. Yeah. We've both been there and done it, who I can trust in. And building up to that final, there were so many expectations. from. I went over it five, six, seven times a <laughs> Every time you go over it, you see it could have been a different type of fight. It was going to be this way. It could be that way. It was just, we, we knew we were getting two genuine hard graphing fighters who were going to give it their all. And on the night, I, what sticks in my mind is another totally different performance from Ajaza Dickens who, who, who won three, four, three fight, four fights with three total different styles. 
what else is there to say about that? If people were telling me before the fight that it's going to be fight of the year, fucking hell, that was a mad one. It's going to be fight of the year, they were saying. Can't, can't see nothing but a war. That's what they were all telling me, and I was just sitting there thinking in the back of my mind, you're telling me how I'm going to fight. You're telling me I'm having fight of the year, and I knew my job was to make it not fight of the year. Do you know what I mean? I, I knew my job was to make the fight as dull as possible to keep him at bed because he couldn't land the shots on me. They weren't going to be a trade. I had that mentality. No, fuck off. I'm not taking punches to please anyone. I'm yeah. just going to win. I'm winning as easy as I can. Like my, my coach, Georgie, told me. When, when I spoke to Ryan in the build-up to the first one, he said that. He said he's not standing toe to toe me. He will not stand toe to toe me. And, and I think it was, I, I think it might have been Michael, his older brother, said, oh, he will. He will. Jazz is a fighting man. And he was absolutely adamant that there was that wasn't going to happen. And it didn't happen. You must have done some miles that night. It was incredible. And the angles and the approach and... To see you out running now and preparing, ready to go again, it's yeah, man. It was it was nice. It was a nice moment. I know what it's like to lose. I know what his partner, his girlfriend, and his kids are going through when he loses. So when you lose, you you also carry that, but you can't carry that, and you can't you can. But you have to look at it in a positive way. So all you can say is, anyone like him, I have to go on and win a world title as a consolation for someone like him. You want to win for him as well. The balance is it's your moment. It's, the, it's everything you've worked towards for the last 18 months. But again, it's to, to share it and respect as well fed into it. i tell you what I realised afterwards and I did, when everything calmed down and I looked back and I didn't realise that you guys were, were quite close as well. The performance, your performance, very, very similar to Lee Selby's against Ryan as well. It was fleet foot, it was moving, it was hitting, it was angles. You know Lee fairly well, do you? Yeah, I've just done all around sparring with Lee. When he when he fight for his world titles, he used to use me as a sparring partner when he fight for when he'd be fighting Southpaws and I'd be using him as well. In the past he used to go to Wales and spar with him and one day I actually sparred six with Lee and six with Liam Walsh. That was that was a mad one. Wow. Um, but yeah, I didn't see the fight. I don't watch my opponents. I watched. I think watched a f- few rounds. You know what I mean? Just just to put myself in the right frame of mind of even fighting, but not so much really. I've got a really good eye. I don't have to study and study and study to think what I'm going to do. I sort of what you're saying there. You've got many styles. I can just watch and say, "There's there, that's it. There's the moment there that, that I've seen that there. That little mo- movement was forced. I pick up quite fast, and I don't know why I've got that ability, but I pick up really fast. Mate, that's that's a gift that you can't teach as well, because we've seen a lot in the build up to the Christmas. A lot of super fights with a lot of super talented fighters, but a lot of the times, and, and this is not again, it's it's just an observation. I do wonder, do they need to be told everything? How did it take so long? You know, wh- why weren't those adjustments been made on the fly? How come, you know, we see AJ then having to make adjustments and he's got three coaches, whereas we've got Big Tyson Fury who <laughs> seems to see things before they happen. Definitely, um, creativity, adaptability. They are things that people don't. They don't see, do you know what I mean? They don't practice them in the gym. You can practice these things, do you know what I mean? You can put, you can put, um, you can do things in the gym, like little mad things. People call you, you nuts for doing them, but even going out running when you shouldn't, when you're unexpected, these, these, these moments train you for when you should be unexpected to adapt in any situation, do you know what I mean? Take your glove off halfway through a round, pretend your hand's fucked, shut your eye, pretend you've got a bruise on your eye, do you know what I mean? Just adapt in the gym. It's just like, people think you're crazy, but these things really do help when it comes to adapting. Because you're then, you're, you're doing your best to prepare for for scenarios that just can't really be prepared for, but it won't be totally alien. Yeah. Of course, it's not it's not the same, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Is there a firm plan in your mind? Is there a firm idea of what you'd like to do next? Or is it just a case of wait and see with the team and let the team do the work? Yeah, well, there's nothing I can put out there now, but I'm, st- I'm, I'm very confident that we'll be fighting for the world title. 
and I could be the new COVID kid. I could be win the world title if you're on lockdown. So, yeah, man, that's the plan. The Family Land Podcast. Talk to us about it. Tell us what you can and when we can expect to see it. And it, it's exciting stuff. I'm delighted. To, I'm delighted for you because I genuinely think you're a natural for it. Yeah, it's a it's a podcast. Me and my friend John May. He's doing well in his game, in his line. He, he's an actor and he's doing really well. You can follow him on Instagram, John May Actor. My name is Jazza Dickens 10 on Instagram. We're both doing well in our sports and both scousers. His saying is, how are we? How are we? And mine's family. I'm so we've called it the How Are We Family I'm podcast. How are we? That name. We've had some good guests on up until now. We've had Lee Butler, Jamie Webster, and Tony Bellew. One's a DJ, one's a singer, and one's a boxer. We've got some good guests lined up. Um, we get trying to go for variety, you know. Yeah. So we just don't want to keep it about boxing. Uh, we could get a million boxers on this week, but we want to keep it about, about variety. And- well, mate, before we let you go, and before you, you you got to sign off with your incredible uh, your incredible piece. But before, give a mention to any and all that that are contributing to this amazing story and and, and the anyone you want. Yeah, we've got fucking hell. You've got how long have you got? <laughs> how long have you got? So yeah. It's that with Georgie Vaughan, first and foremost. My family, my family, my me, me partner, my kids, my parents. I've got two loving parents who put me in this position. My manager, Tony Bellew, Derry, Matthews and Georgie Vaughan, who are there every day for me. My sponsors, Tony Doors. Um, great sponsor, helped me out so much. Carl Evans, strength and condition coach, nutritionist. Um, I hope, it now it comes to times where you're leaving people out, you know what I mean? Just all my family and friends, they know who they are. There's no one to mention them, they just know who they are, my good friends. And um, yeah, I'm very, very lucky. All of MTK, Lee, and just fucking one hell of a job, by the way. Not just for me, for all the fighters. Ian Richie, he, he's always working behind the scenes, the con, and it's just, just loads, just loads and loads at MTK do, do a great job. There's just so many people. I'll sign off. You'll never beat the Irish. <laughs> and let me just undersign that, I guess, as well. And if you're the man on the street or the mer- woman on the street that beeps the horn, that gives him a wave, that shakes his hand, that says, go on, Jazz, or whatever else, and they're the little things on the days when, when things might not be going. They're the things, because I know a little bit that I'm getting to know of you and learn of you. They're the little things. Or if you're the fella that comes over and asks him, has he got his baubles? They're all the little things to give you a lift and give you the fuel to, to keep this fire burning. And, mate, it's, it's incredible to watch and see you. Thank you, Al. Thank you for putting them people in there as well, local you right. Thank you. You, my friend, are more than welcome. Each time we talk, that little connection just grows a little bit more. The link for the How Are We Famalam podcast will be down below in the notes, as will the link for John May's social media. Get on it. Have a look. You'll love it absolutely hilarious thanks Jazza for your time just just brilliant love chatting could do it all day and all night that's it for me and them until then keep wrapped up stay warm as this inclement weather comes in upon us believe it's beast from the east are calling it what, call it what you like it's important you stay safe stay sane and smile all's well that ends well <laughs> <laughs>